As the daughter of a king, her life was never her own. But after the death of her second husband in 1499, she married for love, only to lose the lavish life she had always known. The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Born on the 20th of March, 1469, to King Edward IV and Elizabeth Woodville, Cecily Plantagenet, or Cecily of York, was the second daughter of the king and queen. She was most likely named for her paternal grandmother, Cecily Neville, Duchess of York. Cecily's elder sister, Elizabeth of York, often overshadows her sisters, since she was queen consort to Henry VII, and mother, as well as grandmother, of each subsequent Tudor monarch. But today, I'm hoping to give you some information you did not know about this lesser-known Plantagenet princess. From an early age, Elizabeth of York was promised for greatness. But before she became Queen Consort of England, she had been promised in marriage to a French prince and heir to the French throne, future Charles VIII of France. But Elizabeth wasn't the only York princess promised to a king. Her younger sister Cecily was promised to the son of King James III of Scotland, future James IV. In July 1474, the negotiations between the two kingdoms began, and by October they were concluded, and it was agreed upon that Edward IV would pay part of his daughter's dowry to the King of Scotland. In advance. Due to the young ages of the couple, if Edward IV wished for the marriage not to be consummated and things did not work out, the prepaid dowry would be repaid to the King of England. And in June 1482, the King of England began negotiations with Alexander, Duke of Albany, second son of King James II, who had been calling himself King of Scotland, which, among other things, Alexander pledged himself to Edward in support of his interests. The men had created the Treaty of Fotheringay, which stated in the event of Alexander's establishing himself on the throne of Scotland, and having cleared himself of other women, in accordance with the Christian church, because he was already married to a French noblewoman, Edward IV would give him his daughter, Cecily, in marriage as Queen Consort of Scotland. We now know that the Duke of Albany never became King of Scotland, and Cecily would never again be attached to another prince. Sadly, Cecily's father, Edward IV, would die unexpectedly in April 1483, and the life she had known was eventually thrown into chaos. She was 14 at the time of her father's death. Around the year 1513, Sir Thomas More described in his book about Richard III that Cecily was not as fortunate as fair, meaning she was beautiful, considered a great beauty in her time, but her circumstances had become quite unfortunate. This is true when we look at her life after the sudden death of Edward IV. The late King of England named his younger brother Richard, the Duke of Gloucester, as Lord Protector to Edward's minor son, Edward V. Richard agreed to the post, but within a short period, it became clear that the forces were working against Elizabeth Woodville and her children. As Lord Protector, Richard made it known that Elizabeth Woodville was not his brother's true queen, that she had married a bigamist, 
and that Edward IV had been secretly wed to a woman before he declared his love for Elizabeth Woodville. This revelation, whether true or not, threw Elizabeth and her children not only into uncertainty, but grave danger. Life under the reign of her uncle Richard, now Richard III, was anything but ideal for Cecily and her siblings. By March 1484, nearly a year after his brother's death, Richard III came to an agreement with Elizabeth Woodville and allowed her daughters to return to court. Illegitimate or not, they were still daughters of a king, after all, and he had promised Elizabeth Woodville good marriages for them. But of the many daughters of Edward IV, Cecily was the only one who was married during his reign. She wed Ralph Scrope, a staunch ally of Richard III. That marriage was very brief, and upon the defeat of Richard III at the Battle of Bosworth, the new king, Henry VII, had the marriage dissolved most likely at the behest of his new bride, Elizabeth of York, Cecily's sister. But once that marriage was dissolved, Cecily was to wed Henry VII's half-uncle, John Viscount Wells, half-brother of Margaret Beaufort, Henry VII's mother. In 1486, Cecily held a prominent position in the christening ceremony of her nephew, Prince Arthur, firstborn of Henry VII and Elizabeth of York, and heir to the English throne. Cecily, then Lady Wells, carried the infant Arthur to the font. He was a prince through and through, wrapped in a mantle of crimson cloth of gold, which was lined with ermine fur, and had a long train that was carried by the Marchioness of Dorset, Cecily Bonville, a loyal and influential supporter of the House of York. In November 1487, Cecily was once again in a prominent position at a formal ceremony. This time, it was her sister's coronation at Westminster Abbey, where she carried her train and was her closest attendant. Cecily's husband, John Viscount Wells, died in 1499, leaving Cecily everything in his will. The couple had two daughters together, Elizabeth, named for the late queen, her sister, and Anne, named for her younger sister. In his will, the Viscount made it clear that he wished for his wife to have it all, including, quote, all my castles, manors, lands, and tenements, end quote, stating that he trusted her above all other. Cecily entered mourning and remained there for at least three years, until she emerged again as a participant at the wedding of Arthur Tudor to Spanish Princess Catherine of Aragon in 1501. Witnesses reported that Cecily was, quote, dressed in expensive fabrics, sewn in the latest fashion, and looked more like a marriageable girl than a widow, end quote. In the ceremony, Cecily was there once again to carry the train of the future Queen of England. After the unexpected death of her sister, the Queen, in 1503, Cecily wed in secret one Thomas Kime, a Lincolnshire man, likely from the Isle of Wight of no significant note. This secret marriage greatly upset Henry VII, and he seized her estates, leaving the newlyweds in a situation that had been unknown to Cecily in her life, a much less opulent version of what she had always known. After their wedding, the couple lived in the Isle of Wight and had two daughters together, neither bestowed with any royal titles. It wasn't until the intercession of the king's mother, Margaret Beaufort, 
that some of Cecily's lands were returned to her. Cecily Plantagenet, Yorkist princess, died on the 24th of August, 1507, at 38 years old. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of A Brief History. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and give me a share and a like as well. By doing so, you help bring my podcast forward to other Tudor lovers or even royal history lovers out in the world. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Rebecca Larson. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.